United Bias back uh, after a couple of weeks off. Uh, this week I'm joined by Slide Crow. Hey Slide, how you doing, pal? Well, and you, buddy, how are you? Yeah, can't complain. I uh, had a pretty good weekend and uh, yeah, ready to talk some football. Yeah, no, no, it was uh, was actually a good weekend um, for me uh, in terms of results all the way through. Um, and obviously, it being my birthday on the Saturday, it was um, a good a good Saturday. A good Saturday. Yes. A festive, a festive a weekend. A festive weekend, indeed. As it were. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, with that in mind, let's let's kick things off. And I guess what better place to start than I guess uh, uh, I guess title contenders, Arsenal and Liverpool facing up uh, against each other. And you know, Arsenal coming just coming off a, a little bit of a rocky run where they had no wins in in three games not too long ago, facing up against uh, Liverpool team. This Liverpool team that was high flying, only lost one game all season. Then that, that was the the dodgy one against Spurs, where some results went there, some refereeing results, uh, decisions rather, went against them. And Arsenal ran away 3-1 victors at, at the Emirates. Uh, what did you make of the game? And I guess, what did you see from these two teams that really stood out to you, Slide? Well, I think in, 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 in short, I think the statement would be it was an error-filled game, um, defensively so, by both sides um because if you look at the goals that were conceded by arsenal and liverpool rigged with with um, errors um obviously apart from the last goal by, by trossard there which was an, a moment of brilliance uh, by him a super sub coming on there at the end but um i think in terms of control liverpool seemed to have most of the control um in as much as you know arsenal were playing their counter-attacking Flair type football, they kept they kept the ball quite a bit in the first half. Um, they took the game to, to 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 Liverpool, and then you know, you can never sort of write write off Liverpool in in, in, in any match. But I think um, that second half proved to be one that I think that, that second half made the game because that's 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 where all the other sort of goals, the two goals, were scored by Arsenal. Um, the, the the winner, I mean, not the winner, but to make a two one and three one. So. Um, it was it was an interesting um, matchup. I think in terms of personnel on the park, Jorginho had a good game. Um, Declan Rice blinder, um, you know. So in, in the midfield, Odegaard, you know. I think that midfield and, and attack attacking line by by Arsenal was actually a lot more better than than Liverpool's. Um, obviously, missing the. Talisman de Salah, um, so it's, it's it's a lot on um, Jota, Luis Diaz, and um, who was the other guy who started on the on, on the front there? Because it was Gakpo? Gakpo started, right? Gakpo, yes. Yeah, yes. It was, uh, it was, I think uh, Nunes had a, had a knock and he couldn't start. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it it was it was one of those. Um, so yeah, I think I think Arsenal deserve the win, um, and and obviously on my part, I think it's a bit more biased because. Um, I'm still wanting them to win the league <laughs> for my prediction, um, but yeah, I think it's it's um, safe safe to say that personally, the table now is becoming a lot tighter for for that top three, top four spot um, because you know there's there's a bit of a close gap. If if, if City do what they need to do tonight, um, then you know what, it's going to be an interesting run in. Well. You've said you win the two games in hand, they're top, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All that result has done in my... Uh, yes, it's made maybe the, 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 the fight for second to fourth a bit uh, more evenly contested. 
but like it puts City in the pound seat, you would think, with them being you know having two games in hand. Yeah, City are a Rodri injury away from having a disaster. That's what I think. So let's see. I mean, KDB's come back. Um, he's starting to get 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 a bit of form. So let's see. I mean, but KDB's no Rodri. They, they play different roles in the in the team. So you know, and and we all know how they tend to crumble when Rodri's not available. So your hope for the the season being interesting is that Rodri gets injured. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, that's that's okay. <laughs> Yeah, you really want your predictions to come true. Um, no, let's go back to the game. It's interesting because you know this is largely being viewed as a as a matchup with you know, two of the better defenses in the in the Premier League, mm. and arguably two of the best centre backs in the Premier League over the last few years with Saliba and and Van Dijk, and both of them causing absolute having howlers with their goalkeepers and miscommunication. It's quite funny how those goals were both They're both similar. their fault: the, mm. the centre back and keeper miscommunicating. On the ball, sort of goes in uh, thereafter, and and so quite interesting that that chaos sort of took over the game, and you know the stability that you associated with these teams over recent times wasn't there to be seen. Yeah, no, no, it, it it's sad, and you know, like you're mentioning, both prominent uh, central defenders, um, and and having a miscommunication issue with with their keepers, but also it's doing the same thing. They're shielding. The attacking player from the ball instead of clearing it. So it's 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 one of those things where you're wondering, okay, is is it a language barrier? Like I don't know. What what, what is it? Was it the pressure? It's like you you you're questioning because if you look at Saliba's one, you know, and I, I think I've watched that incident probably twice or three times, right? The easiest and most logical thing to do there is to kick the ball out, and they have yeah. a corner kick, right? Yeah. Um, and the other the other side of it is you're looking at it and you're saying why isn't David Raya rushing out to pick up the ball because his back the play, the defender's back is against you know the run of play yes but the ball's at his feet basically but he could literally say to the to the defender okay I'm coming to fetch but there's obviously a bit of hesitancy and essentially um, the bulldog David Lewis pretty much just goes and um, Kicks the ball off, and uh, Gabriel takes an assist with the hand into 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 the back of the net, and, that, and that's how it quickly crumbled. Yeah, but like the keeper should never have been in that position in the first place. It was like just a, a moment, a brain fade from both Saliba and Van Dijk. Yeah. In both instances, just clear mm. the damn ball, like yeah. safety first. Like that's not like I don't even know what they were trying. Like you know, without communicating. Like even it, it's it's not a position where you want to put your keeper under that kind of pressure. It's unnecessary, mm. you know. Like just clear the ball, face safety first. Like so, that's two goals that should have been like eliminated from the contest to begin with. The first goal, if you're being really, really critical, you could say that maybe Allison could have pushed, you know, pushed that. He pushed it straight into the part of Saka. It was a good save, but yeah. you know that awareness. On another day, Allison pushes that into space, pushes it out for a corner, pushes it around the corner, yeah. and, and, and then another goal doesn't happen. That being said, Arsenal created a lot of opportunities in this they game. Like, and, and, and it was quite surprising to see Liverpool almost being, as you said, they had an element of control, but quite passive. They were quite flat almost. You know, There was just no spark today. Um, and I guess it could have just been one of those days where things don't click for you. You're missing a couple of your dangerous players. Look, what happened earlier in the week at the club? Mm. Jurgen Klopp said he's out at the mm. end of the season. That obviously has some form of mental 
um, impact on, on these boys. And I'm sure it, it's, some of them are still coming to terms with, with the entire sort of news and, 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 and decision by, by Klopp to pretty much just announce it. So I guess, you know, it, it, it has, as much as it's slightly far-fetched, it definitely has an impact. And that's, and that's, that's, that's what I'm sort of saying. Okay, someone like Van Dijk, that guy is always focused. He doesn't make such ill decisions, you know, in, 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 in defense. He's always pretty solid. He knows when to clear the ball versus when to shield and, and, and all that stuff. And th- that communication between him and Allison has always been pretty top-notch, you know. So what happened? You know, so, and, and, I'm, and I'm putting it on <laughs> that, that news, to be honest. And, and I, can't, I, can't, I can't say not having Salah there because Salah hasn't been there for a while. And he's more of an attacking player. Right. So, so it's, it's one of those things. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's the news. Maybe it's an off day. Who knows? Who knows what the real reasons were? But like, end of the day, Salah's a cheat code. Salah is truly an elite, world-class forward. And not having Salah there, you know, obviously Salah would have helped. It instills fear into any team, any defense, changes the way you have to play because you have to pay attention to him. You, you, you know, it's a very different thing having anyone else there versus, you know, in that Liverpool lineup, uh, to Salah, who's just, you know, devastating. He's yeah. a devastating finisher. Yeah. Um, so it changes the way you play. Um, obviously, Arsenal take a lot out of this game. Arsenal now, I guess, confidence and the belief that, you know, they're there and maybe they could, this could kickstart their season and go on a run to really challenge uh, near the top of the table. Liverpool maybe maybe a blessing in disguise in a way because you know they were just they looked quite comfortable coming into this match mm. and maybe this will sort of bring them down to earth and sort of realize that there's a lot of work at you know that lies ahead of them if they are to indeed compete for for the title. Look they in they're still on for the quadruple. So if they ask if they need to be, they need to be serious and, and sort of focus um, the, the scars quadruple. Yeah, the scars quadruple that one. Um, so, so it's 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 one of those. They they still. Yeah. Wait, didn't they do this a few seasons ago where it was supposed to be like a quadruple and they ended up winning like maybe maybe one. a cup, yeah. maybe a cup that yeah. season and yeah. it's like oh we're gonna win it, win the lot and it didn't transpire. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Look, uh, Liverpool. I guess Salah Salah's back. I guess technically is Egypt are eliminated from Af- Afcon and just. With his injury, he should be he shouldn't be far away. So that's good news for them. I think Darwin will be fit to start at the next game. He's also was a big miss because all of a sudden he hit a, a run of goal scoring form and was looking quite dangerous for them. So yeah. you add the two of them back into that Liverpool attack. Uh, Robertson came off the bench, so back from injury. Trent also back from injury. So all of a sudden, yeah. I think the pieces are falling into place for for Liverpool. Yeah, I think, and and hopefully it will, you know. Make a turn for for the best for them. They um, also missed Sabasli this weekend, wasn't he? He was also injured. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. So injured. it's quite a you know it's, it's, uh, quite a few key players. I mean, given what Arsenal were doing in that midfield, they definitely missed um, Sabasli. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, uh, I uh, interesting to see how this plays out, and I will say that Arsenal are quite a, a funny one because when they're on, they look they look fantastic. You know, when they when they've got their get their act together there's some games you watch them and they look like, wow wow, oh, wow yeah. just look you know devastating almost uh, apart from perhaps maybe some of the finishing is, is, is a little wayward at times but you know generally you look at them when they're on and games like yesterday and you think hmm if you could do that to this Liverpool team that's something to be feared so yeah. interesting to see how this kicks on and how they develop uh, going forward 
know, Wait, any other talking points? An interesting stat yeah. from yesterday. Yeah. Liverpool only had one shot on target yesterday. One. And that's so unlike Liverpool. Eh? Versus Arsenal's seven. And they actually scored three goals. Yeah, I, I can I can do one better for you. I can I can do one better better for you. Mm. Yesterday, um, Liverpool conceded three just just under three point eight xG. It's the uh, it's the most the team has ever conceded under Jurgen Klopp. Jeez. For perspective. Okay. Goes back to my point. Right. The Jurgen Klopp factor. I'm telling you that news has done something to these boys. Uh, maybe. I mean, they, maybe. It's possible. We'll never know. It, it could be an off day. It could be a news. It could be a combination. But yeah, Arsenal showed a level of, I guess, dominance and, and, and they looked threatening. Even though there was some wayward defending, mm-hmm. there was a lot of threat going on there. And yeah, let's see uh, how this unfolds. Uh, let's move on to the next game. And Manchester United hosting West Ham. Quite a tricky fixture. West Ham high up in the league. Um, West Ham typically the type of team that Manchester United struggles uh, with a team that's compact disciplined can play on the counter happy to let you have the ball Um, but that didn't transpire did it slide Manchester United winning 3-0 against the Hammers that that was a solid performance by by the entire team I think everyone yesterday was playing for the badge and I think some random People that you would never expect me to be saying kudos to in 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 an entertaining match like that yesterday goes to show what these guys were all about. I think um, May United controlled that entire game um, across the entire park. The front three, they started passing, and you see what happens when you start passing to each other. Goals start flowing, and that's essentially what was happening yesterday. And I think this is probably what the third game or fourth game that we've um, scored more than three goals um, this season if I'm not mistaken but it's 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 one of those where if you're doing the right things and the, I mean, the simple things correctly the results will come and and that's essentially it I mean if you look at the goal that Hoyland scored with his weaker foot mm, drop of a shoulder yes, cuts in yeah, yeah. yeah. that was that was that was a brilliant goal yeah. But but I mean, just to talk about the control of that midfield, Casemiro, Bruno, Mainu, those guys, I think I think we spoke a few times on this podcast that that combination will probably get us places, and you know we we need to sort of build, not not say around, but if we get an understudy to Casemiro, right, who's off his stature and mould will probably start doing some serious things with, with, with that midfield. Um, and and Mainu, what a revelation that boy is, eh? Um, the, this, the form that he carried from the Wolves game continued in, 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 in this game. And it, it, it goes to show, um, you know, what, what's going on at the club. One thing I wanted to point out was it was very clear how disjointed that midfield became when Mainu got taken off and Scott came on. Um, obviously, they play slightly different roles, um, but you could see that West Ham, or well, she's now start started bring taking it to to United. Why? Because there was now that space in the in the middle of the park to actually um, sort of push forward and and get some shots on and, and and the like. But you know, 
I mean, Scott did have a chance at the end there, towards the end. Um, and he did set up Ganacho, didn't he? The third yes, goal. Yes, 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 yes. I was saying, I was saying, he had two very good options to pass there, and he picked Ganacho. Obviously, where Rashford there was quite open on on, on the left. I mean, as long as the goal went in, <laughs> it doesn't really matter which option he chose. Um, but you know, it's 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 one of those. So massive sort of shout out to the team the boys not gonna not gonna say his name um but diogo dal take a bow yesterday goodness gracious me the number of blocks that boy put in to prevent any chance of a goal going in was just tremendous um onana had one or two blinders of saves as well um and and yeah so i mean all right, around the park. Harry Maguire, good God. He was on form yesterday. Jeez. He was. He was. Except for the blunder that he made where, where Dello had to bail him out and come flying in, right? Like, and this is classic Harry Maguire. He can be good until he's not. Yeah. Until he does something. So I agree with you. He was generally good. Yeah. But then he made a blunder that should have, we should have considered a goal from. But didn't. So we'll, we'll take we'll take that. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll take the not conceding um, and not and not dwell too much on on the blunder. But I'm pretty sure he'll fix that. And but can, can can we just agree? Because I've been saying it for since we signed Aaron Bissaka that like we're just a better team when Dallo's playing. And 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 I hope Ten Hag finally understands this now and is set on Dallo being the first choice. Right back off the two. I, I, until, just, until we get one that we deem is a better. Yeah, it, it's absolutely. It's, it's, it's just, you can't compare the two of them. You can't, one should be playing for Luton, Burnley maybe, and the other is Dalo, and he's fine. And, and, you know, between him and Shaw, when we've got both of them on the field, you know, it, it opens up so many avenues from, from build-up, progression. It just looks. We look like a more competent team. Yeah, no, no. With with Wan Bissaka, you can't play the way we played yesterday. That's that's one thing for sure. Um, he doesn't have the passing range. He, the mindset to move into certain positions from an attacking standpoint doesn't really have those. Um, and you know, Dalo obviously coming to the fore in terms of you know, doing putting in a defensive shift. So, look, I think, not to say it. Too soon, but I think it's curtains for Juan Bissaka. He he must find a new home very soon. Now, yeah, I agree with that. Now I want to offer a slightly different take because you, your take's extremely optimistic, and I think the average fan seeing a three 0 win is quite optimistic. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to offer you an alternate perspective because we haven't recorded since in the last three fixtures, so we've missed Newport in the FA Cup, Wolves, and now uh, West Ham. Yep. And you know. I've been consistent in saying, back off Ten Hag. Let's give him a break, guys. I'm not a part of the social media brigade and the United fan base that's been hammering him. But Newport County was extremely concerning for me. I, I, I was horrified by that, that performance. Um, you know, against a League Two side, to have no control, and I mean little to no control, no dominance... It, it, for the quality of player that was up there, it wasn't like, you know, we heavily rotated and we rested. I mean, 
you, your team's got multiple Champions League winners, World Cup winners starting, expensive, you know, Antonys and Hoylands and Brunos and all these. It was basically a first choice eleven, I think, barring barring Rashford, you could argue because he had his disciplinary wobble uh, at that point. But essentially, barring him and Onana, it was a first choice eleven, and we didn't look good. There was no, we didn't dominate them. We didn't really like. I expect if you're up against a League Two team with the quality of player that we have, I expect us to dominate, have 75, 80% ball possession and be camped, not just in the middle of the park, be camped in the final third. We, we weren't in the final third, in the Newport final third. Yes, at the end of the game, it changed a bit. But for the vast majority, we couldn't get into their final third. And that for me is hugely concerning. And I was, if you've got basically got a full-strength team out and you're against a League Two team, and your players don't know what to do. Your offensive, your midfield, and your attack is not linking. I'm sorry, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. I, I, I agree with you 100%. And to take it a step back, we had previously just lost to Burnley behind closed doors. Yeah. Before that FA Cup game. But, but wait, but wait, it, it gets worse. And it's, it's, It's inexcusable. I'm sorry. It's inexcusable to see a coach with that quality at his disposal, 18, 19 months into his reign, have a team performance like that against a League 2 team. And I think a lot of people just kind of sweeping it under the rug and saying, oh, well, we won 4-2. It's fine. No, it's not. It's not good enough. Because it shows that the message, maybe the message is either not right, that the manager is giving to the players, the tactical message, or... It's not being received on the players can't execute it because whatever the reason is. That's that's but that's one thing I've always said. It's like there's, there's there needs to be surely because in anyone's right mind, and I agree with you, we should not be scoring or getting a result like a four-two. You know, I mean, granted, one of the one of the goals was a terrific, freaking out of this world shot, but. It doesn't take away from the fact that they got to, to, to that, into that position. They shouldn't. They shouldn't ever get in that position with the squad and the quality that we have in our in, in our in our team, and more so the ones that actually played on that day. You know, so it, it begs the question: What is being said to these players? Okay, and what is there breakdown in communication between um, you know instruction and implementation? Is it a language barrier? Is it... I, I don't know. There needs to be some form of understanding and explanation in, to, in the sense of, okay, why are you not doing what I asked you to do? If you're not doing it, the manager should do should act on a person not doing what, what the player's doing. But I think we've also seen that... And it's happened quite a lot with the last couple of managers we've had, where there's no real quick, instant... You know what? I'm taking you off um, because you're not doing a job. I'm just going to keep you on, and then perhaps maybe it's going to change for the better. Um, it's it's there's been a lot, and is it a, is it a matter of the difference in quality of the player that's not going to come on and replace this person, or is it to assume that this person that's going to come on doesn't know what to do because maybe in training they're not training together, and I'm putting that in quotes as well. Because there's a huge disconnect um, when when a certain player gets taken out and, and another one comes in. Um, but again, as a manager, you know what's at your disposal. 
your tactics should shift based on the personnel that you've actually, you've actually got at your disposal as well. In, in as much as you're meant to be hammering your ethos and, 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 and tactics into your team day in, day out at training, and for them to sort of adapt to that, you should be able to shift things around based on the situation in the game. Yeah, and what you're referring to, absolutely, is, is in-game management. Mm-hmm. And that's something peak Jose Mourinho, for example, was very good at. You know, I remember numerous times him whooping a player off in the first half, yeah. let alone waiting till halftime because the system wasn't working, something needed to be tweaked. And I got a better example for you. I watched Spurs and Brentford mm-hmm. last week. Brentford looked comfortable in the first half. They were 1-0 up, I think, through Ivan Tony. Spurs didn't look at the races. They couldn't figure out what was going on. At halftime... Uh, Ange brings on um, uh, Brennan Johnson and uh, Hoiberg. Mm. Can't remember who he took off now. Changed the shape. He went basically went like all all out attack. It, went, it was kind of nuts. He had like five attackers on that. He changed the way they played. Changed some, the, the system a little bit, and they blew Brentford away in this next twenty minute period. Yeah. Like the tactical flexible in game management, that flexibility to just change things, and that's maybe partly part of the criticism I guess leveled at Eric Ten Hag, but. You know, like I said, that's the first time I really thought, ooh, this isn't it. This isn't it. And then if you look at it, Newport, 17 shots. We face 17 shots by, by Newport. Mm. Next game against Wolves. Okay, we win the game, 4-3. 16 shots against Wolves. West Ham, 22 shots. You cannot, be a, you cannot allow that much, uh, any, that quality of opposition to, uh, to have... That many chances at goal. Yeah, we're not talking about Man City, Liverpool, Barcelona. Uh, no, no, Barcelona's Barcelona. a bad example. Barcelona, twenty ten. We're not talking about those teams. Mm. We are talking about really a League Two team. Uh, you know, Wolves, West Ham. Like West Ham aren't a dominant football team. They're counter attacking, and for them to get twenty two shots off, it's a bigger problem. And and so while there are green shoots of, I guess, Mino and. And the like, and and Hoyland scoring. I think it's four or five prem games in a row now. It's, he's he's scored. Yeah, he scored four and four. four yeah, mm. uh, they are green shoots. But overall, I'm I'm really worried about the direction of the team, and I just think that yeah, we've got most of our players back now. Um, there's there's no excuse. There's no excuse to see this, and so Eric Tenach really needs to turn this around. Otherwise. He's going to be looking for a job <laughs> come come the end of the season. Yeah, no, no, and, and I think Ineos obviously with their sort of appointments that they're going to be doing and making um, already before announcing the sports sports director, I think he's already got his plan that he's delivered to 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 the Ineos group, and they probably said, okay, cool, no, we're happy with this. So whether Ten Hag is a part of the process or not, um, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but. Like you're saying, he needs to t- turn things around almost immediately um, because having to face 22 shots in a game is, is, is unheard of. It's, it's ridiculous because if we are now up against a better quality squad or team, that's when we're going to concede six, seven, seven goals because now it's not just going to be just a shot, you know, it's... The, the, there's more chances of, of them to be finished. Yeah, and, 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 and therein lies the problem, right? Like, so something, the system isn't working. Something needs to give and we need to find, a, he needs to find a solution for it very quickly. So, um, like I say, like a scoreline can sometimes paper over, 
Opal, what's actually going on? No, and that's let us, what, let us enjoy. Let us enjoy. No, no, we mustn't enjoy it. Because the reality is, performances. That's why performance ultimately matters, not scoreline. Mm-hmm. Because you can get lucky, you can get a bit of variance go your way and win a few games. Like yesterday's uh, the West Ham game. West Ham won an. Exp- and, and, and the analytics tells you West Ham should have won that game. Mm. You know, um, so. You, performance needs to come right when your team's performing well overwhelmingly the results will follow that's typically how it is right and that's a sign that there's something's working the management team the coaching team are working on this pattern the players know what they're doing and maybe you know but a variance doesn't go your way then you can be like okay it's going to turn it on mm-hmm. but when you get results and you kind of can see the cracks all over the show it begs the question where we really are so yeah interesting Interesting period coming up. Just to go back to the positives, Hoyland and Garacho, Maino in particular, the three the three youngsters, I mean, that iconic celebration mm. um, over the weekend, all hugely talented. And like, to be clear, you know, people have a way of getting carried away. Maino is a mm-hmm. very good player, yeah. right? Yeah. And so is Garacho. Mm-hmm. But like, to be clear, they're good for their age. They're not just great as, you know, uh, a midfielder and a, and, a, and a winger, if you want to call it. They're nowhere near the finished product. And I oh, guess yeah, 100%. the excitement is about the potential, but it's easy to think, well, like these two guys probably shouldn't be starting for Manchester United. They shouldn't be starting for a team with aspirations to win a league. Yeah. They're not good enough. They're not there yet. But they're exciting bench options that should be available and you develop and you rotate in. So it also is worrying that these two boys, even Hoyland to a lesser extent, yeah. shouldn't be starting every game. It's You've seen this over and over again where young, exciting talents get run into the ground and you've seen it recently at Barcelona with Pedri and Gavi always getting injured yeah. because from their team 16 or whatever they broke into the team first team the stupid club like Barcelona runs them into the ground so you don't want that that's a, that's obviously a huge risk mm-hmm. yeah no, no, I think it's it's and this is where you know the management of your squad becomes more and more important right so I guess it, at, at this point you know the, the rebuild that, that has been reset or that was reset when Eric Ten Hag came in I guess is actually in full full motion I guess because the midfielder we got what midfielder has he gotten did Ten Hag get I think it's just Casemiro um, well Amrabat um, Mount Mount hasn't been available practically half the season um, so so let's see he's, he's almost back so let's let's see what, what that what that means um and, and what that's going to mean for the squad. Um, is, is mine now going to take the back seat and not come in? You know, how, what's that going to look like? And, and, and those are the things that, you know what, if, if those combinations start becoming more and more solid and we've got that exciting um, element of a Garnacho coming off the bench or a Mainu coming off the bench, then we know we're onto something. Just on the signings and on those midfielders, just for what it's worth, I, I think Casemiro is finished. No, I, I totally agree with you. I think he's lost he's lost that step and he, he's always reckless, missing and missing a challenge. It's becoming more and more apparent where he's going late into challenges, he's just missing it. I think he's just missed he's dropped a little bit, you know, you lose just a touch of pace or yep. you know, you can't re- reaction times are not what they used to be. And I think he's starting to see it, which is obviously a problem for a guy on massive wages and um that that you obviously need to shift. Yeah, look, I think it, it which is why I mentioned um getting him an understudy that is to come in while he's still around because you know 
to then try and reset and look unless you're getting someone who's already set um, but obviously not of Casemiro's age um, you want someone who's going to come in and, and hit, the, hit the ground running which is what we've always expected from all of these signings that we've gotten but geez people tend to struggle when they come to United I don't know what happens there um, but yeah I think that's 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 pretty much um, you know the story of, of the United West Ham game this weekend and um, I think yeah I'm going to keep riding the 3-0 wave until the next one eh? Uh, well, yeah, I, uh, I I'll let you enjoy. I'll let you enjoy your your three nil um, victory slide. Uh, me being a little more dour and pessimistic. Okay, let's. Uh, I mean, I just uh, quickly touching on some of the other results. One of the interesting ones: um, Newcastle four, Luton four. Somehow, Newcastle last season being this incredibly stable, solid defensive team, suddenly have leaking goals this season. And and Luton, I mean, just a massive turnaround in fortunes all of a sudden. In their last five Premier League games, two victories, two draws. So eight points uh, garnered by, by Luton. And, you know, remember the beginning of the season, I think Ruben and I both... Ruben, I think, was the one who made the shout off Luton to finish last with a record low points to- total. And while they may, may still and probably will get relegated, he's not... You know, he's very wrong on, on that. So, interestingly, I think Luton's form has been that way since... We haven't had a recording with Ruben. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's 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 one of those things. Um, yeah, no, they, they've been on a good run, um, and yeah, it's with with the situation at uh, Ginger Mourinho's club there, it might it might work out to their to their advantage, and and they might sort of um, stay up. Uh, yeah, because it's Everton and it's Forest potential, potentially with another with, with penal, additional penalties mm, coming up. Yeah, so yeah. It, it may well work out. So just hats off to Luton, just an incredible story. Yeah, no, no, incredible story. I mean, hammering Brighton, holding Newcastle. Yeah, four nil, four nil demolition of Brighton. They've scored eight goals in two games. Just think about that. Luton, Luton, and they're not against mediocre squads. Right. Uh, a tremendous, tremendous result, and mm. and they need to be, I, I, I guess, just an example. Just, oh, just oh, wow. Guess who they play next? Who do they play next? The next, oh, the next fixture they're hosting. They host uh, Aston Villa. They're away to Palace. Uh, then they host Forest. Then Spurs and Arsenal gets a bit tougher um, uh, thereafter. But yeah, Luton, tremendous job um, there. Uh, the next one was, and the one that kicked off the weekend, just an interesting one to note. Spurs versus uh, Everton, uh, uh, you know, travel to the Toffees, and Everton deserved to win that game. Everton were fantastic once again. Ginger Mourinho uh, doing, <laughs> doing the magic. Honestly, like it is one of the flat performances for Spurs this season. Sort of a similar to Liverpool in a way, where they were a bit sub- subdued. They weren't themselves. They weren't playing with the usual verve and high line that you've become accustomed to. Something just didn't click on the day for Spurs. Mm. Um, and and they got the Everton got the late winner in the Brantwaite I think in the in injury time so fantastic result to give some winner sorry uh, the draw um, but the interesting observation was that if you recall last week when Spurs played City um, one of the City players basically sat on um, Vicario sort of leaning into Vicario yeah and you know the, from the resulting uh, corner. Ake bundles in the winner mm. and basically every set piece in this match Everton implemented the same tactic having a man sit on Vicario leaning into him 
And to be fair, I thought like surely that's a, that's a that's a that's, a, that's a, VAR is going to do something because if you're leaning into a goalkeeper and you have no intention, you have no intention like they did and basically every set play. While it does seem soft, I, I don't see how that's that's allowed because there's no intention to play the ball. It's I'm going body to body to try and lean into to back in as much as I can to the goalkeeper without getting penalized, and I find that bizarre that VAR didn't do anything. Yeah, look, like you're saying, soft um, to, to contact sport. I mean, yes, you are leaning into the guy, but are you? What are you doing? Just just leaning on him, like you're leaning on the on the post. You know, it's it's yeah. But there's a difference between a post and a person, right? I know. I agree. And then, and then you preventing the, the the goalkeeper needs to jump to claim the ball. You preventing the goalkeeper yeah, from so doing but, that. Yeah, but but if the keep, if the goalkeeper attempts to jump and you're still leaning on him, then it's a, then it's a foul. I, I don't know. So but, it, but, it, it's 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 ob- it's obviously to distract him and and get him off. Hmm. But obviously, once the ball has been kicked, VAR can intervene, especially if he does attempt to jump and the ball's coming through to him. I don't know. Anyway, I think VR needs to figure that out. And also, Vicario needs to figure that out because every team's going to be doing that going forward. And I think that's really smart. And that's Sean Dyche in a nutshell for you. You know, he's a manager who picks things up and good on him. He's, he figured that out. He saw what City did and implemented it immediately. Um, so, interesting. Everton, there and thereabouts. I think, they, I think they're just out of the relegation uh, places. I think they might be uh, one play, point out. But I th- actually, no, didn't Luton... Luton might have overtaken them after, after getting the draw. I stand to be corrected. Uh, yeah, so yeah, Luton's 17th now. Yeah. yeah, Luton did overtake them. Yeah, And Luton have a game in hand. So Everton technically in the relegation places, uh, despite the good work, obviously, of course, with, because of the points deduction. Um, so really yeah. tricky period coming up for, for Sean Dyche and the team to get out of this. Because you wouldn't bet against Luton on current form. Nope. Which, bizarre thing to say, but true. It's very interesting times that we're living in. Football is becoming entertaining, a lot more entertaining than it used to be. Um, and then Richarlison, double. He's continuing his goal-scoring form. Dude, and it's 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 just not even the fact that he scored two goals. It's the quality of the two goals. Mm. Just incredible. The first time finish on the left foot and then the right foot stunning strike. Oh, my goodness. Just just what a player. What a player. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him because I've always been a fan of Richarlison. Yeah. I have, I've always liked the guy. And I always also thought he should have been a guy United should have earmarked. And isn't that a case of succession planning and great recruitment? The fact that Tottenham got in Richarlison a season ahead of Harry Kane's departure. He was already there. He was settled. And yes, it took a while. Yeah. But now he's, he's firing. Yeah. I mean, that, that's when you've got the football structures correct, these kind of things are things that you see and you reflect on. Yeah, yeah. So brilliant, brilliant sort of planning, um, and and yeah, I think they're still starting to see that fruition of 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 that uh, signing a couple of seasons ago. So yeah, I think this guy's in the form of his life. Eh? Yeah, and and just back to the Spurs, I guess, but flat. So Andrew would want to change things up there, make sure his guys get their act together in the next game. But I think um, Amali have been eliminated from Afcon now, so um, Basuma comes back. Yep. Um, Saar was back but he wasn't ready in time for this match mm-hmm. to start so you've got Saar Basuma coming back and you're going to have Sun so he might be back for the next fixture back from Asian Cup yeah. so you're going to have a fully fit squad so I think Spurs are going to look quite strong going forward um, interesting to see how that top 5 top 4 battle goes goes on uh, you know Manchester United have quite a points gap to overhaul to get up up to Spurs or yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's almost unless Spurs start 
falling apart. Falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Then maybe there's a chance, but that's yeah. I think it's gone. Anyway, uh, with that said, I think it's time to. We just touched on it briefly. Let's quickly touch on Afcon. It's been a while since we've recorded, and of course, well, the last time we recorded was the infancy of the tournament. Group stage is really early, but a lot has happened. We're now down to the final four. And firstly, what a tournament it's been, uh, Afcon. It never fails to d- deliver. You know, colorful fans, the atmosphere. There's there's no such you know the vibe that African football gives you, and just the crazy things that have been happening. I mean. The red cards all over the show and Cote d'Ivoire. Cote d'Ivoire firing their coach mid-tournament and then they qualify as one of the best losers anyway and, and, and now all of a sudden into the semi-finals. semifinals. What a story. Jeez, yeah, like, you know, this, this conspiracy... <laughs> it's, it's crazy. This conspiracy theorist in me thinks there is something happening with the Avoruans and the refs. Did you, if, if you watch the, the quarterfinals, those Mali guys, they wanted to take out the ref at the end of the game there because... They thought they were cheated out of this, um, in, in, with with the results. So, um, it's 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 been it's been a fun tournament. Um, you know, a lot of surprises. Surprises like the to- all the favorites being eliminated early. Like the top five ranked teams in 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 uh, Africa, Africa didn't make the quarterfinals. Yeah, yeah. Like literally, That's... can you imagine any other tournament where the top five? Imagine a World Cup, a Euros, uh, Copa America. Any of these tournaments where the top five teams don't make it. Like yeah. it's it, it never gonna happen. It's never wild, happen. right? This is Africa, bro. This is this is Africa. No, yeah, no, no place for sissies. And and of course, the other other uh, big surprise was uh, South Africa making it through to the semi-finals for the first time in what twenty years, twenty four years. Yeah, was it two thousand? Yeah, since two thousand. Yeah. Uh, Bafana Bafana making it to the through to the uh, semi-finals. And interestingly, South Africa quite a different story to a lot of the other countries where you've essentially got your players playing all over the world. South Africa because the PSL. The local league is so strong and what is wealthy. A lot of players don't have that incentive to go abroad and go to Europe and play in these other leagues. Yeah. So I mean, with Mamelodi Sundowns contributing eight starters for Bafana Bafana plus Percy Tao who used to play there was at Akli now. Yeah. It technically nine Sundowns guys in one team. Yeah. It has to help help the chemistry and the cohesion. Cohesion yeah. exactly yeah. among it. So yeah. you know, uh, I guess thanks to Mamelodi Sundowns and Coach Rulani there for uh, helping us get to the yeah, semifinals. I mean, they've, they've They've all kept their, um, their, their sort of uh, team morale and the entire sort of thing through to a final final. They've just changed just a few things and the kit. Um. And the kit, yeah. And I mean, of yeah. course, uh, you know, Bafana uh, Bafana had to eliminate, go through the toughest, arguably the toughest quarterfinal with Morocco, the tournament favourites, um, fresh off a World Cup semi final, defeating Morocco with Sophie and Amrabat and the boys there, creating, yeah. you know, nice, nice North African tears. Um, thanks to Bafana Bafana, but again, it doesn't get too much easier because, of course, the, Cape the, the, the you know getting past Cape Verde, and now all of a sudden having to, you know which having to come up against Nigeria, you know our arch nemesis in in in, in many a respect with the the favorites that that are leftover favorites stack squad mm. the likes of Osiman um, and, and friends. Um, the most valuable squad left in the tournament as well. That's mm. not going to be easy for Bafana Bafana in the semi-final. Nope, it's not. Um, and, and I mean, interestingly enough, the 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 two times that Bafana had played Cape Verde before um, this past Saturday, they had not won. Which again is a huge credit to Cape Verde and and with their tiny population. Yep. It's it's astonishing how they're able to compete with the with these bigger nations. That game was that game was so entertaining. Um, and and. Cape, Cape Verde, they play this high press. So, South Africa had to absorb quite a lot. 
um, of, of pressure in as much as they did try and attack a few times. Um, but it, it, it was an entertaining game. Um, the cohesion that we spoke about, everything was happening. Um, chances, um, a lot of saves from Williams. You know, it, 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 was, it was entertaining. Um, the full 120 minutes that got played. Um, and then obviously the penalty shootout. Jeez, what, what, uh, what a thriller. Uh, to be clear, the four saves that Ronald Williams made in, in, in the penalty shootout, four saves in a penalty shootout, just absurd, absolutely absurd. First time it's happened, um, I think I think I heard a stat somewhere, it happened in the old um, uh, old European uh, Cup, mm-hmm. it happened there at some point, but it hasn't happened at a, at a national a national tournament. So what an outstanding way to get through. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a good run to be South African, you've got... Uh, you know the rugby world. We were rugby world cup champions. Uh, we got Drikas Duplessis, who won the middleweight UFC middleweight champion recently, and uh, now Bafana Bafana finally getting their act together and, and making it to the Afcon uh, semi-final. So really interesting to see how that one out uh, plays out, and um, you know hopefully Bafana can frustrate uh, the Super Eagles and uh, maybe uh, go all the way. Predictions, man. <laughs> Bafana Bafana to take it on penalties. Yep. I want to take um, <laughs> <laughs> to have like one shot on the gate on golden entire game. Park the bus, park the bus, frustrate the super eagles, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, that's more uh, uh, hopeful and uh, being optimistic. But uh, the fact is, Nigeria also haven't really clicked in this tournament. Yeah. They're getting results. They're not conceding many goals at all. They also had a bunch of clean sheets, but mm. they're not scoring a whole lot of goals somehow. Yeah. So th- the hope would be that you, realistically, you could nullify nullify them and you know maybe get an opportunity and nick it uh, somewhere along the line yeah I just, I just hope Bafana make it through that's, that's my hope and that's my prediction um, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call mm. Nigeria or Bafana in this particular um, mm. semi-final but in the other one I think Ivory Coast is um, Cote d'Ivoire is going through like I'm not even gonna think about it yeah it seems de- <laughs> like destined with all the madness that's happening with Cote d'Ivoire that they're gonna gonna take it and and also like you know I, I think there's a bit of bad blood with the Nigerians because they claim that they started Amapiano, which we all know is bogus. So <laughs> Nigeria needs to get what's coming their way. Um, I think that's it for today's slide. Um, next time we record, we will probably have Afcon Afcon winners. We might have Afcon winners the next time we record. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, interesting to see uh, where this goes. And uh, until next time, uh, goodbye. Cheers.